0: Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to another episode of Monday Morning Coffee. I am your host, Lindsay Pritchard Fox, and with me today is Matthew Bird, uh, who is president of Maxis3D and a returning guest. I'm very excited. Uh, Matthew, thank you so much for being back on the show.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me. Good to see you again.
0: Um, I listened to the last time the show that you were on before, and it was so exciting to hear like all the laser scan stuff so as president of nexus 3d i mean that's a whole that's the whole other show is how you find yourself um as president of this company what were your driving forces to get in here Mm. um i just want to hear it all
1: yeah those are good questions well i'll try to go through the journey um and keep it summarized for you um you know, there was, there was a time that I was working in a survey firm and um, I kind of just found myself doing my normal, my normal job. And it was really when, when we started getting into new technologies that I started really getting excited about work. Um, when we learned about laser scanning and I kind of got put in charge of, hey, you know, you're younger, you're techie. Uh, You're good with learning stuff. Why don't you start diving into it? And that moment was literally what just completely changed the uh, direction of the rest of my career. Um, Because instead of focusing on just traditional survey work, now my focus was really on all these new technologies. And the more we explored technologies, the more we found out about another tool and another way to use the data and we started working in industries we weren't used to. And it, so every job was different. It really just made work kind of exciting for me. Um, now that continued on uh, and it ultimately is what changed my career from, you know, kind of being a, a an employee to having a vision. Um, I could have just stuck with that technology and kind of implement it in the survey firm, but instead I ended up seeing kind of bigger picture things and, and certain times, you know, within companies, uh, there are times that you don't uh, align with um, visions of leadership or there's things that happen. And ultimately it's what, what sometimes leads into a job change. And for me, um, I did make a couple changes between firms, uh, you know, went from a small business to a large corporation to ultimately then making that decision of, you know, I, I, I've got the networking portion, I've got these, this client base, um, I'm performing the work, I really am the one with this drive and I wanted to be able to make decisions faster, I wanted to be able to say yes to things that maybe certain companies don't want to say yes to because I'm, I'm willing to kind of push the edge even if it's not our normal and that, you know, those combination of things are what led to me deciding, all right, I'm quitting my job and I'm going to start my own company. Um, You know, I I had never really thought about it much. i would never taken business classes. I didn't know what went into starting and building a business at all. It was very much a jump. Uh, In fact, that's a quote from uh, one of the founders of LinkedIn is, uh, jump off the cliff and build the airplane on the way down, something along those lines. Uh, <laughs> that's very much how it was. It was like, look, I know that if I do this, I can do the things that I want to do. I can make the decisions. I can go work with the people, the clients that I want to. I have that flexibility and there's going to be challenges, but I think it's worth it. So I just did it. And uh, it, you know, it's led to um, really what we wanted to do. It's led to working for more firms across the entire country, having that flexibility of, you know, pick up and travel or go try this project. That's not normal or take, you know, so it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Of course, there's been challenges. Um, you know, that first employee hire that second employee hire and now building into, you know, having a couple different offices and, and, you know, larger staff, um, that's been challenging. And I I think some of the learnings, um, one would be, you know, you can't be good at everything. And I definitely found that out. Um, You know, and I think that one of the things that's helped us continue to be successful is finding your strengths and filling the gaps with people, uh, you know, in the areas that you're, you, you don't have strengths and, and it's okay to not have strengths. Um, Oh my
0: gosh. Yes. You can say weak. There's so many like points of weakness that I have recognized in my own um, leadership and being able to delegate that out is free and everyone loves it more.
1: Yes. Yes. So, you know, as we, and, and, you know, that continues to change over time. You, uh, you know, you can't run out, uh, especially if you're just starting out organically, you know, I didn't go out and um, I didn't have a, you know, capital to work with in the beginning. I didn't take out big business loans or anything. It was very much an organic process. Um, and you can't run out and hire 10 people, you know, if you're going to do that because, you know, you've got your right. your expenses there. And so, when you're growing organically, you got to start by filling the role that makes most sense first. And, and over time, you'll start filling out those other roles. So, even up to just this last year, I mean, our, our roles continue to develop and we put people in places and continue to refine and analyze. And, um, you know, we're really continuing to learn and get to a place that uh, all lanes are, are working properly. We've got the right people in the right places. And, and that's what's made a, a big difference for us. But, um, you know, it was, it was one of those moves that a lot of people are scared to make. Uh, because there is risk in starting your own business or, or working for yourself. Um, yet at the same time, definitely uh, one that I'm very glad I did make.
0: Were there any like personal triggers that, you know, kind of pushed you off the cliff?
1: Mm. You know, for me, um, I think it was a, a little bit of an unfortunate situation at work um, that, um, you know, I loved the company I was working for. It was a large corporation. Um, And I really loved the people that I worked with, but I think there were certain things in the organization and the leadership. And, um, you know, the office I was working out of was a recent acquisition. They had some, just some issues internally with, you know, IT stuff. and, And the hard part is my entire focus is new technologies. And in this realm of new technologies, you have to be able to move quickly. You know, you need to be able to, um, you know, find out, hey, this certain data needs to be taken into this software so that it can be solving this problem for this client. Well, you have to be able to make those decisions kind of on the spot and, you know, solve the problem, buy the software, install it, you know, do training. And, you know, unless those things are ironed out to work properly in large corporations, usually there's kind of a process there. There's a, oh, it's like oh you're the, out, yeah.
0: you're now the budget's already layers. set
1: for the year and, you know, Approval. we need to get with lo- legal and submit, you know, and so for me, I think that was probably the number one driver is that I I have this vision and this drive now Um, when I started getting into these technologies, I got so passionate about it. I, I knew I can see the long vision, you know, I can see the, the vision for the long-term goals and what we can do for people. And so I knew that I needed to be able to make decisions quickly. Um, and I couldn't do that where I was at. So that was probably the number one driver.
0: So agility, like the ability to be agile in, um, and I've noticed that about technology adoption in general is that the agility is key. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's why there's such stagnation. I would say in that, you know, it, not everything can happen quickly. Decision makings are often like slow and methodical for a reason. Yeah. However, in this scenario, like I just, I agree. I just got frustrated because I'm like, why am I, I I've said this story before. Why am I standing on this addition project? Looking at construction documents from 1941, Mm -hmm. and the method that we're delivering the addition in is the same format that was given to the owners in
1: 1941.
0: Yeah, and you know, I I just this the agility and the pace is like a key. It's a key point to having technology be adopted. Yeah. So. You know, and I think that's when you're starting a company. I think the key key piece was that you were the technician, mm-hmm. and I found that like I could go I could go in, and often when you're an entrepreneur and you have a vision, and you could have that tactical skill, um, yeah. and apply it. But I think there's a lot of people out there that are scared because just because you have a skill doesn't mean you can run a business around that. Skill. Yeah. And like, what are you know some of the what were some of the key learning points? And when you did make that jump, I have a skill. Now I have to run a business around that skill.
1: Yeah. You know, um, I think that's still something that is consistently changing and developing and growing. And um, I think that was key to me being able to start was I was the, the one hands-in learning the scanning and the processing and details on how to register the data properly. And so my very first, um, you know, problem I was solving for people when I started my company was I was consulting to people that were having issues with all of those things I knew how to do. So, it was, it was you know, I had already built some reputation in, in that technology and in that industry. So, when I let people know, hey, I'm, I'm out ready to help do XYZ, um, I kind of could fill those roles pretty quickly. You know, not every company is the same, Um, that if you were to start up a business, you know, some people may not get work day one, like I did. Um, I think I was, I was set up in a good position to do so. Uh, But like you said, having the ability to actually do that work is very different from building a business. Um, You know, there, there's a lot that's been learned as far as building, building a business versus just staying a consultant and helping with, you know, the scan stuff. Um, So there's definitely been a, a lot of learning curves there, but I think it all stemmed from having a good understanding of what the overall focus was. You know, for us, it was, it started out all around those new technologies. It was laser scanning, processing that data, creating usable deliverables. And then it was, how do we take that and help different companies through different industries learn about it, implement it, use it, and we would... We would get hired to help, whether it was actually doing it as a service, or training them, or fixing problems when they came up. You know, our, our goal rep- wasn't yeah. Yeah, our goal wasn't take all the work. It was just no. we want you to know this is here, and we want to help you get using it one way or another.
0: Yes. So the, know that the process is available, but then how to like owners often don't know how to ask for the service. Yep. And they don't know how to set parameters around like what the deliverables are and like what to expect out of that service. Yeah. And so like, I agree. I found the same thing as in a consultancy to the owner, um, is is a place that we're kind of finding, a, you know, new new space to talk. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and even for even for the companies we we would or even still talk with because there are a lot of companies that still don't use laser scanning, don't know it exists. You know. It, it still is to that point of as soon as they learn about it, then it's, okay, well, do we run out and buy a scanner or do we use a service provider or which do we do? Or, or if we're going to buy, what scanner do we buy? What fits our business? How accurate is it? How accurate do we need it to be? <laughs> what softwares do we buy to create the models from it? Do we even need to create? There's so many pieces to be learned if you're going to fully implement the and get the benefits out of and avoid the headaches <laughs> uh, in the reality capture technology.
0: Yeah. And so we, and I love that we covered so much of that when you were on last time, because I do feel like there is those key questions that feel more comfortable being answered by someone who like has evolved in it, you know, from ground up. Yeah. Um. And when you like, So now you're running, you know, Nexus 3D when you, are you, where were those first like delegations? Like, how did you, so, you know, you're the technician and then you're growing. How did you delegate out? What did you want to offload?
1: Yeah. Um, You know, I don't know if I'd give the same answer looking back as the decisions I made in the beginning um, because it's the first business I ever built. So it's kind of learn on the fly. Um, but my focus as, as I made my first couple hires was, um, you know, marketing and getting business is something I was good at. So naturally we, you know, I didn't hire until I had enough volume that I needed help actually performing the work. So for my side, when I looked at actually starting to build a business instead of just stay a consultant. It was, it was that decision of, okay, am I going back to another company or do I actually start hiring people? Or, um, and making that decision to hire, it was, okay, the, the immediate need I have is producing the, the deliverables and, and the volume of work is already there. So, I, I pulled the trigger on getting somebody who could help me actually go perform the scanning um, because especially with with the scanning work, we travel all around the country. So, um, you know, I couldn't be in the office processing data or in the office dealing with clients if I was on a plane for two days and then scanning and then back for two days. And so our, our first kind of expansion was, uh, being able to handle that field work
0: technician, the field, work,
1: the technician portion.
0: And I did this, I did the same thing. So like you, like you get in, you're the technician, you know, how to do it all, but you need to drive the business. So I agree. Yep. Like marketing is one of the first spaces. Um, and of course getting the technical help for production and what I've noticed and what I would advise owners and wanting to get your feedback on is identify whether or not you want to be the technician.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, early because I feel like how you grow your team, um, I like being in the field. I like doing processing. I like modeling. Uh, And so I've built the company knowing that I had to kind of offload the production to my staff while I was busy, like getting, you know, closing sales. Um, but I'm strategically trying to line up so that I can get an infrastructure to go, to go do some of the marketing, to go some, yeah. some sales so that I can stay connected to the product yeah. that we're producing. That's sort of like a key, yeah. a lot of owners want to own a business. They yeah. want to be in administration.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really a per person scenario. And I think it comes back to, you know, that first comment I made of, of hiring you know, to replace your weaknesses or the things that you don't want to do or, you know, um, anytime we make a hire or we're looking at growing, I specifically try to find out when when we're doing interviews is what do you like doing? Like, what do you want <laughs> I to do? The do? Same thing. What do you want to end up doing? Because the last thing I want to do while building a company is hire somebody for a position that's something they don't like doing.
0: Oh, and they're you know? miserable and they yeah. just like completely and
1: Yeah. That goes for the owners, the presidents, the whoever as well is, um, you know, if you have the option of how you're building your company, like keep keep within the lane that is what you're really good at and what you like doing so that you enjoy it. You know, you're not going to want to go to work every day, all day doing something you, you don't enjoy. Um, for me, I I'm in that same boat of like, I really enjoy the marketing. I, I enjoy the client interactions, but I also really like the technology and the, and stuff. Um, And actually something I was going to say as well is, um, you know, over time, I've also noticed that certain things I wanted to hand off, um, you know, are actually something that I've just spent a lot of time getting really good at. So, you know, when it, for instance, when it comes down to really technical um, scan registration issues on large projects or helping clients fix those, that's where I still dive in, you know, Head first, I do that hands-on myself just because it's something that I've gotten really good at and I have specific processes for. So even though it might be a, a thing that I like handing off, I still kind of dive in when there's a certain need. Um, and even scanning, you know, it's it's basic and, and you can scan, you can train scanning techs and, and things like that. Um, but every once in a while I go out on scan jobs and, you know, help in the field and, um, you know, and you get such a variety of them, uh, keeps, keeps the job interesting as well.
0: I know. And I will say that that is uh, the big win for entrepreneurship is that if you have a vision and you're building your team and you're building your infrastructure around yourself, um, that you could have that, you know, uh, array of activities that you get involved in, in your you know day-to-day operations um like just fair warning like nobody wants a micromanager so yeah <laughs> you know if you have a scan technicians and you need to go out and you want to scan that day i've done it all the time like i've got to get out of my computer and into the field yeah um and and really really feel like feel the whole system again
1: yeah yeah and it's nice to at a minimum it's a nice Even if you're not consistently working in all areas, it's nice to at least have that experience and understanding. And it really helps our business as a whole because, you know, if I'm the one overseeing projects or I'm bidding jobs or I... If I know hands-on the scan process, you know, the scan field process and the survey control process and the registration process and the, it makes the planning and the discussions and the estimates and the everything that much better because I have a clear understanding of it. And if issues arise or somebody's out sick or, you know, um, we try to really stay cross-trained across everything we do to an extent with a lot of our staff so that we have that flexibility um, to help in different areas.
0: How much effort did you put into um, documenting your internal procedures?
1: Ooh, <laughs> that, see, <laughs> like I said, things are consistently changing and need to be developed and worked on. And um, you know, we've we've probably gone through a couple rounds of uh, of of working on documenting internal procedures. And I would say that we are still not to the point that we have uh, fully developed procedures. Um, that's something oh, right, that we, just
0: as you start typing <laughs> a new project comes in and you're like, oh, rewrite.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, things, things change a lot and we've had personnel change and we've had, you know, uh, expansions of different services. So instead of just scanning, now we do full surveying and modeling work. And so, you know, it's, it's a lot to keep up with on the, uh, procedures and ad administration side of, of that. Um, so something we still got to work on. <laughs>
0: Well, the reason I asked is because, again, that cross-training word that you use was is fantastic. And when we're setting up our internal procedures of how we scan, how we model, how yeah. we process all of that data, um, to be able to have enough standardized practice so that if a member of my team goes, you know, down for the count, any number of my team members could step in um, yeah. with very little lag and pick up. That workflow. Yeah. Um, very helpful. But I do realize that it's, if you can go, if like I go in and I try and write our procedures, they're constantly evolving, they're very fluid. Um, but in general, when I'm communicating with my team, we're all aware of those fluid changes. Yeah. You know, like the entire team becomes aware of, oh, this is, you know, this yeah. is the new tip and trick we discovered while we were modeling this particular project and cataloging those.
1: Yeah. And I would say that we, we probably do quite a bit of that, but it's just not uh, been documented as much as it should. Or, and I know that that would be helpful. Um, We end up doing a lot of that. We do team trainings and stuff. and And we, so we do a lot of that knowledge sharing, but it would be very useful to actually have it as a procedural document. So like you said, you bring on a new hire or you have somebody needing to fill a role and they have questions, you've got it kind of developed out in there.
0: Yeah, I'm glad we both agree that it's an important <laughs> thing to do, but we have both like let it last.
1: <laughs> yep. You know, um, it's it it's hard. You're, you as gotta a, think on your feet. Yep. And as a small business, you know, you're, you're hopefully keeping everybody busy so that they don't have a ton of time to sit and work on making the procedure, (laughs) uh, documents, but when they do, then great. It's, uh, I know So
0: that's been my advice is that when we're, when honestly like we're in Revit and I have a draft sheet and all of us just have a draft sheet that has a tips and tricks. There you go. So every time I've modeled, uh, you know, a new project, I find a new kind of little tweak. Yep um, write it down. And then we do a team meeting and we're just yeah. like going over what those tips and tricks are.
1: That's awesome. Yep.
0: Um, so that's been real, that's, it just identifies how important the process is and just yeah. how difficult it is to execute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, I also like your whole, you touched on how you want to be part of this awareness of this technology and how it's implemented. And, uh, so you have reality capture network. I see your t-shirt.
1: Yes. <laughs> yep. Um,
0: and you like come October, I don't know how you found yourself doing this. So you went from reality capture network to reality capture conference.
1: We are. Yep. You know, we decided to host our own conference. Um, you know, and I guess the short story behind, um, the reality capture network. So last year, obviously we all had some office time uh, or some home time or some, you know, not traveling time. And uh, there were, you know, there were a couple down months for us that really got us kind of doing some brainstorming and, and shifting some focus a little bit. And that was when we decided to launch a podcast. Um, I wasn't a big podcast listener, Uh, yet I, but I knew about them and, um, you know, I, on the entrepreneur and marketing side, I've, you know, researched and followed people. I've got a few, uh, books behind me and Damon John from Shark Tank and Jesse Itzler. And, um, you know, I follow a lot of the entrepreneurial area, Gary V and, um, So I knew about podcasting. I really saw a lot of the video documentation and um, the awareness that you can generate by having discussions, sharing them obviously through social media. And LinkedIn was something that I've used a ton, and and I have a really large network of about twenty eight or twenty nine thousand people on there. And so I started thinking again. This is kind of that bigger picture thought: is okay apart from Nexus 3D and us being a laser scanning or 3D modeling or land surveying company, what can I do with the other strengths I have on marketing, social media, and the overall industry? And that's where the podcast was kind of born from. And that podcast then started generating the ideas, okay, I don't wanna just be a podcast though. I want to really build a a network of people in this industry that want to use these technologies, I want to generate the conversations through podcasts and videos and interviews on where are people at with the technologies, what are the struggles, so that those can be spread kind of to a mass audience, but then also take that same brand and network and build it into educational webinars and now our in-person conference. So the whole focus, whether it be a podcast or a webinar or a conference is still the same mission. It's still, we want to bring together people that know this technology, people that create it, the hardware vendors, the software vendors, the users, the service providers. And then we also want to bring together all the people that don't know about it or have questions or have issues and really continue to meld the two of those so that the industry as a whole grows and becomes more aware because- you know, we've seen it just greatly benefit so many companies and so many industries. Yet, I think the overall adoption throughout everyone who could be benefiting from it is still super, 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 super low. So, that's yeah. kind of the whole vision. And uh, yeah, we uh, this is the fun entrepreneur challenge I've placed on myself again of saying, hey, let's put on a conference and try to get three, four, 500 people together And, uh, I also didn't, we didn't give ourselves very long. We, we have about three months. Oh my gosh. It's
0: Um, October.
1: October 14th and 15th in Boise, Idaho. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's kind of like starting a business. It's like, okay, we have all these things to do. We got to create the website. We need to land the speakers. We need to get vendors. We need to have sponsors. We need to, um, get attendees. You know, we have to do this whole planning effort. Um, so it's been, it's, it's a challenge. It's fun. We've had a lot of people in the industry um, kind of coming behind us as well on it with the relationships we've built. So, we already are going to have companies like Leica, Faro, Sintu, GeoSlam, uh, AECOM, HDR, Revisto, DPR. I mean, a bunch of leading companies in the industry, whether from the hardware software side or as a user of, of the technology as a construction company or something. Um, so we're going to have uh, panel discussions. We're going to have, um, yeah, the networking aspect, the vendor that's aspect.
0: Incredible.
1: It's going to be I'm fun. I'm really
0: excited. I I, I totally, like, the scan world needs a conference. So I don't think there's anyone better than you to have been like, and I'm going to make it happen. Um, <laughs> well, thanks. So congrats. I mean, that's no small task. It's uh, the, the sponsors, like, you mentioned them. That's really fantastic. I can imagine all you had to do is like, you know, say, Hey, we've got to get together. I've noticed that the scan technology is so, um, there's such cohesion, even amongst, I would say competitors, but just cohesion to say, you know, this is amazing stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. true.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think, um, I think our overall plan of using social, building out a large network, starting the podcast, doing education, it really kind of made putting this conference on, even though I'm not going to say it's easy and there's there's not challenges, but I think we've been put into a, a position that's um, made it maybe easier than if we weren't where we were. Um, just because so many of those brands already know what we have going on, they know our audience, they you know, they kind of have seen our, our marketing strength and things like that. So a lot of the brands, I, to be honest, I was surprised at how quickly we got so many inquiries Um, and it's been, it's been awesome. So that's been very helpful because, um, you know, if, uh, if we had to go out and do every single (laughs) outreach for speaker and, you know, that'd be a a lot of work, but thankfully we've generated a lot of interest. Um, So it's been going very well for the first time
0: yeah i so Lance has said like you know you got to be able to control your narrative and one of the best ways to do that is to be able to have a platform where you're constantly talking about it so yeah. the podcast which we started like you and i were podcasting together i would say maybe august of 2019 yeah 2020
1: yeah 2020. Something like that
0: and uh and then I got involved with um uh, inside the firm podcast it was just that whenever i go anywhere in the industry having there be some baseline for for my enthusiasm for the work for the people in the industry yeah. um and for the outcomes that we're getting i mean it's yep. just so exciting i can imagine that the conference hopefully can be a platform where people are celebrating their wins yeah after so much
1: yes yeah you know we uh We knew, um, and I did some poll, we did some polls to our network and to LinkedIn and, you know, obviously everybody went through a lot the last year and some still are, um, and with the shutdowns and not traveling and, and things like that. Um, you know, and, and Boise, uh, here in Idaho is back to completely open. And so we are, we're like, you know, we know there'll be some hesitation in, in person, but at the same time, we know a lot of people, um, really want to get together in person um and and so we thought it was a good move to put it on you know it's not going to be five
0: masks i don't care
1: <laughs> you know it's uh it's not going to be thousands of people you know we tried to keep it to a decent sized conference but still uh limited so it'll be you know a few hundred um but we we think it was a, a good time to pull one together
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, there's been so much happening and what I noticed over, I will say like maybe the last month or two, um, the amount of outreach that I'm getting, uh, with the industry really opening up the pace of everything, um, that clients are reaching out to me because they know they have to get in the queue. They have to get in line early with, um, design in order to to even have a chance of construction next year. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a great time for professionals to get together and just have some cohesion in the lessons that they've learned, how to best like navigate challenges. So it's, it's really great timing and I'm glad you're doing it.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. One aspect that I I really am excited about that most conferences don't do is letting the hardware and software vendors actually do a presentation on their solutions. Um, You know, we're, we're splitting up and kind of doing half user presentations of firms that are using technology, how they're using it, how are they implementing it on projects so that those coming to learn can kind of see those real world applications. And then actually letting hardware software vendors that create these technologies do presentations to talk about what is it that is unique about their platforms or what does their software do? Or um, because, you know, when you go to a vendor hall of of 20, 30, 40, 50 vendors, you can browse by real quick, see some marketing examples and, you know, have a 30 second sales pitch to you or something, but to get to see a full in-depth on many of them. And actually, you know, instead of taking the time weeks later to maybe set up an online demo one-on-one, um, getting to see these presentations of, of softwares that we've not even seen full presentations on, that part I'm pretty excited about. And and people that are new to these technologies, that uh, split between those two should really give a good overview and, and really be educational on what's available and what the solutions are and, you know, help them make some decisions on, on yeah, what to move Yeah, being an forward educated
0: with. consumer. Look, see, I got my, this is my, my scan to BIM. There it is. From our, <laughs> our ClearEdge presentation. I was so proud to be part of that. And I would say that the, when they're involved, right? ClearEdge. Yes.
1: Yep. ClearEdge is going to be there as well. And we'll be having a, a scan to BIM uh, panel discussion. So it's going to be fun
0: gonna be so great to have an opportunity to get you know boots on the ground information and then be able to go over and and talk strategically and intelligently with the vendors to say oh this is my particular use case that we covered that a lot is that you need to know your use case um in order to you know intelligently purchase and you know put the strategy in place so
1: yeah yeah looking forward to it
0: i'm really hopeful to be there Again, yes. I said we I'd wear like five you. masks if we've got like two clippings <laughs> happening, but uh it certainly is a great opportunity and I'm grateful for the, you coming on today.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you very much for the time. It's been uh it's been fun thinking back into the journey of building a business and and also talking about kind of where things are going for for the industry. So yeah appreciate it.
0: And inside the firm is on YouTube. I have to say that again because We've got a screen, I get to hold up my t-shirt, that's great. Um, So everyone can subscribe to win some Inside the Firm uh, merchandise. Everyone, please leave a five-star review, it really does help. Um, And if you're looking for more Inside the Firm content, you can follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, at ITF Podcast. Um, And I know Reality Capture Network also has all of their um, platforms available um, and you can find them through LinkedIn. Yeah. I would say it's like pretty, everything is pretty much on LinkedIn.
1: Everything's pretty much on LinkedIn. And if not, it'll lead you to the website where you can find any additional, but ours is pretty easy. It's just realitycapturenetwork.com.
0: Yes. And Matt's always on LinkedIn. So feel free to message him. I'm just kidding.
1: And uh, I apologize if you see a lot of posts leading up to our first conference, but uh Those LinkedIn algorithms, man, they're hiding stuff. So we got to try to get it in front of people.
0: (laughs) You're going to be like the annoying parent that just like puts all the pictures up.
1: You know, right now we might be, so I apologize in advance, but thank you again (laughs) for the conversation and hopefully we'll see you soon.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening.